But cool. any hook, yeah, if we're ready to go, we can uh, close the watertight doors in my pants. Ew. <laughs> I don't even want to touch that with a anything. What's my dick? Not even a pole. Just let's say it at that. Your meat pole? <laughs> <laughs> I like the dick jokes. They're, they're always so they never get colorful. No, nah, they really don't. I like a bunch of fucking 10 year olds. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. When I get done with this, I'm going to write fucking dicks and shit on my bathroom wall just so I can. Well, that's why I have a chalkboard wall in my house. Is that why? Yep. Don't tell me you're making that up. Are you making that up? No, it's in there specifically to draw dicks. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, at least you got a purpose. Aubrey gets bummed when I do it and like erases it and puts <laughs> why like, is sweet there a giant things, like, dick in the fucking bathroom again? <laughs> but, you know, with, well, don't friends, with my friends, sure. it wasn't like I was sure. doing it alone. I mean, as like, your God given awkward. story in the news today you believe in ghosts and the paranormal now are they are they ufos or are they like some crazy experimental you know governmental i don't know planes that they're building and police in espanola are catching more than just criminals they're catching images of what they believe are ghosts weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. Welcome everybody to another episode of Strange Uncles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Josh. And here we are yet again. <laughs> I didn't get your mouthful burr in that one. That's good. <laughs> I thought about waiting to do it for you. <laughs> He's well. learned. It is a pattern, it seems. Anyway, um, I'm going to start with this. Is it's been a little bit since we've been together. Kind of missed you guys. Well, I missed you guys too. It's good to be back. Ah, one way or another. Um, my first question for you, John, is how was the infamous Iceland? It was amazing. Uh, it was great. Yeah, really expensive, um, and it's almost uh, beautiful beauty overload. Or uh, wow. what, what's the thing when you just desensitize sensory overload? Sen- yeah, something like that. It's like hmm. it's like oh my god, look at that beautiful thing. It's like man, I'm just everywhere I look, it's been beautiful for the last. You know, it kind of makes you want to see something that that's shitty yeah, just to balance it all. You know, out. at one point I counted like eleven waterfalls just driving down. Oh wow, their main road. I'm like, well, one, two, three, like yeah. Um, but it was super cool. Yeah, super fun. Um. We kind of went there without a plan, just rented a car, and it was super shitty weather the first few days, so we kind of kept looking at the weather and, uh, where is it going to be good? It's such a small island that sometimes if the weather's bad, it's bad everywhere. Right, right, right. Um, But up in the north, it was going to clear out, so we kind of chased it up there and ended up being nice weather. Saw the northern lights on the last day. That's too cool. I'd, I'd see, I would love to go, just go to Alaska just for that reason. But mm-hmm. I can imagine that it's um, closer there, right? Uh, you should be able to see them all over North America. Uh, uh, now with light pollution. Summer, winter. Uh, is that why? Phenomena uh, or? What do you mean North America? Like Canadian North uh, America? I thought the story I read was like. <laughs> Canade? Pretty far south into the US. Like we should really? almost be able to see them. Hmm. Probably yeah. not at a very impressive level, but just like this year, or yeah, is yeah. it just like a rule of thumb that we should always be able to see? Them? No, it's it's something to do with. Um, so I was about fuck, to say I, I never know. seen that shit. Yeah, not no, like I've never solar seen solar winds or whatever, but like it's, it's something to do with like I don't know. Well, it's a whole it, it's a I whole contact off the sun, right? I mean, that's why they're there, and then there's <clears> it's, ice sheets and atmosphere and all this it's stuff particles into hitting it. the ionosphere and lighting right. up as they burn up. Right. Um, so just depending on like solar winds, you can see them sometimes farther south than normal. But if you got like not the most impressive version of them in Iceland, then whatever we'd see here would probably be way less impressive. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you can see them here. No, I'm not, (laughs) not in Salt Lake, but I mean like. Like in downtown Salt Lake, the Northern know. Lights. Not if I see ago. Northern Lights in downtown Salt Lake, I'm packing my shit because something's about to hit the fan. Yeah. It might not be a good thing. You motherfuckers so. are going to make me Google this shit, aren't you? <laughs> hey, no, no. no. God, not but, really, but yeah, if you was, want to. So we were camping. We did a lot of camping, and I was actually seated 
with my back turned to them. And in Iceland, when you camp, there's like specific areas. You almost um, kind of like you go into this tiny little town and it's like, it says there's a camping area right there and it just looks like this little park. Hmm. And all of a sudden you just feel like a homeless person <laughs> setting up a tent, like in this little area, yeah. but it's okay for some reason. But yeah, she was coming out of, we were right by the bathrooms and showers and she comes out, she's like, check that out. And I'm like, what? Like all of a sudden I look behind and all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit. Okay. Like I was just like staring up at the sky, you know, looking for whatever. And just the Northern lights were behind me. Oh, nice. And she's like, look at that. I'm like, turn around, turn around, dipshit. Just did a 180 (laughs) with my camp chair. Like, oh, okay. Now this is sick. That shit's (laughs) funny. Yeah. That's weird camping. Over because I think mm. you prepped to do like outback stuff, and that yeah. really wasn't the case. Yeah, we thought we were gonna uh, like park and camp or hike, you know, a few miles in, and yeah, we brought our water purifier and just all the backpacking things you need. But yeah, camping there, I, it, I mean, it's mm. all privately owned. There's no BLM. There's nothing like that. Sure. So a lot of people camp, but it's just these weird little designated camping areas. Yeah. Um, they're really, but they're really countries. nice. I mean, they're really huh. nice. Like there's showers and bathrooms and like different area to wash your dishes. So, I mean, it was really nice. It was just like not my idea of camping. Yeah. Well, I can see, especially if you, you can, if you're camping in the middle of the city, that's just, okay. Well, in you city, know. I use city Town, very I guess. loosely. Like, Village. I mean, the biggest city, Village. the biggest city in, or the second biggest city in Iceland, Akuri, I'm probably saying that, I'm definitely saying it wrong, but it's only 18,000 people. So in comparison- So these towns in Iceland, you go and there's 75 people. Well, weren't you saying there was like a schoolhouse and there's only what, seven or 10 kids that went yeah, to the school? Seven kids. From yeah. from first to high school. From whatever, yeah. The, like, the, whatever the age groups are. Yeah. yeah Jesus. Uh, that's why, you know what? Kudos on them. I mean, that's that's awesome. That's still cool. I've always wanted to go, man. Yeah. Always want to go. One of the highlights, I almost forgot, I went to Holmavik and went to the Icelandic Witchcraft Museum. Yes. Uh, I think we might talk about that in another episode. We talked about doing witches and warlocks and some other stuff. And we showed it super interesting. That's cool, dude. Yeah, it because it's cool. a different, uh, you know, different country and different spin on what a witch is, I guess. Uh, sexy witches? Uh, mostly men. Well, that's, was actually that's not sexy at all. Sexy. I witches. mean, depending on mm. that depends on who. Uh, I don't know. Sexy is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, touche. Icelandic people are pretty attractive. Men or women, it doesn't matter. They're just you know handsome when you see handsome. It's but, one of those things. Yeah. I'd I, fuck him. I think we should. I uh, don't know pornography, but I know it when I see it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Iceland. I definitely think we should cover it uh, one of these days. But hmm. uh, witches in Iceland back in the day were. Predominantly men. There was only one woman burned at the stake. Oh wow! Oh, so they did that over there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's crazy. Big time. Huh. Wow. That's super interesting. I really would like to get into that. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume so, you're too. going. You have that in the in the plans. For I I do have that in the plans. It kind of goes. Oh yes, because we are on the footsteps of October, everyone. So that leads us into uh, fucking Halloween. Is like I don't know about you guys, but it's my Christmas. I mean, I love Halloween. Would you fuck Jack Skellington? I would before Sigourney Weaver. I'll tell you that right now. Amen. Yeah. Amen, Just, just say it. Amen. <laughs> you caught me. You thought you were going to get Wait, me. No. Would you let Jack Skellington put his bony fingers in your butthole? Yeah, Shane's into that sort of thing, so of course. <laughs> I, I told you that in confidence, sir. I'm going to answer God that for it. you, Shane. Yeah, well, <laughs> trick's out of the bag at this point. Loose Sorry, term I'd, on trick. I'd, so. I'd probably hit Sally. <laughs> you think so? I don't think I've ever seen that movie, to be honest with you. I don't think I've ever seen Nightmare Before Christmas. How really? can you have such a giant boner for Halloween and have never I, seen I, Nightmare I, Before because Christmas? Because Christmas is in the title, and I hate Christmas. So, But, but it's, it's, you know. Nightmare is also in the title. And it's I know, got a I know. big fucking skellington on the cover yeah and well, also okay. danny elfman did the music and also like didn't tim burton direct it like yeah, yeah. tim burton directed it yeah so okay yeah those are you know pretty what good i positive think you're factors. a halloween poser <laughs> you think so yeah. i'm just a halloween fired. tailgater that's all i am sure. yep. i watched trick-or-treat last night and i fucking love that show is that good oh that's great i got on blu-ray if you want to let me know I think it's on like Netflix. Oh, it's fucking fantastic. Thing. They're doing a part two. I watched so. a real scary movie called Red Dawn. 
last night. Oh yes, you did. You were texting. Yeah, yeah that that is fucking, especially in this day and age, that could be scary. Just in general. Yeah. So anyway, but dude, first of all, that's cool. That trip was a lot better than my Columbus, Ohio trip. Just saying. I'm sure we it was. have to go into there. For real? Yeah. Maybe, I, I maybe mean, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Columbus is up there. Columbus, Iceland. Columbus, Iceland. You know, you got that thing going on. Oh, I got to give so. real quick. I just got to give a shout out to our new Icelandic fan, Tomas. Yes. yes. Tomas. Ooh. I met him at a bar cool. and we ended up hanging out and. He smoked a spliff with Tori and I, and uh, yeah. yeah, so. Awesome. What's up, Tomas? Welcome. Hopefully Hell you enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I, I assume you told him to listen to the podcast. Of course. Of course. Okay, yeah. so we're good there. Cool. Um, well, with that being said, number one, yes, we are in October, and we are in Halloween. Uh, we do have some episodes here, the next few, other than our news episode that we're doing monthly. Um, we got some pretty cool topics, and uh some of them are kind of still up in there, but I, I think I'm excited for it. I, I think it's kind of neat. This episode, uh, and this kind of stems off a trip that I made uh, about a month ago, and we're going to talk about haunted seas. And by haunted seas, we mean everything from ghost ships to weird shit you see. And we're going to kind of do the bulk of it around Queen Mary because I, you know, that's where we went, wife and I. She was uh, she loves me enough to book a night on the Queen Mary, which was amazing. Yeah. Um, and we're going to kind of get into that towards the end. But we're going to do a couple news things, and we're going to do a quick news promotion. Um, we had some good feedback from the Skinwalker Ranch Part 1, Part 2. Um, really good feedback. That was great to do. I can't wait to work with those guys again, really. So, And I, I think they're kind of on the same page. And we are working with um, bringing some guest speakers in in regards to Skinwalker. So I'm still in communication with Hero Paranormal. And that whole uh, with Space Wolf research team, yeah, what they're doing because it continues and um, it's just amazing. We've got news about the storming Area Fifty One. Obviously, it was not as much of a storm unless you consider a sixteen-year-old lady walking casually across a gate of storm. Sixty. Sixty. Oh, yeah, sixty. Um, yeah, I guess they rest her like a half mile in and just. Gently dropped her off later on. I don't know how that. I don't know how that fucking worked. But anyway, you know. So we're gonna maybe we're gonna try to get some follow up on that um, and just what was happening because what went on was really anybody's guess. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it was a monkey barrel. I kind of turned. I think it turned out kind of how I thought it would. Yeah, that's kind of towards the end. That's kind of I think the way. I mean, I think they still knew. had like three thousand people show up, right? Yeah, a little under. Yeah, a little so, under. And they had 105 attempt to storm the gate. So yeah, there were so, some idiots out there still. I, you know. Well, I just hope that, like, uh, Connie and, and everyone in the town, like, were able to make the money off being invaded. Right. And yeah. that, uh, that, you know, people were cool and respectful and didn't destroy an awesome I'm pretty sure town. there's a huge bill that somebody is... Yeah, that's part of the problem. Being left yeah, with. the county sitting with a, a big uh, expenditure infrastructure bill, I guess, yeah. as we would say. You know, we'll see where it lies. Um, Send it to the promoter. <laughs> yeah, well, he dished ass and went in Las Vegas downtown and did it. And I didn't hear anything of that in the news that Friday night downtown. So it's a much less fun story. Yeah, if it's just a right festival in Las Vegas on the yeah. strip. Who gives a fuck about that? It's just another rave in uh, Vegas. Who gives yeah. a fuck? Have a good time. Exactly. Guys. So we're going to clear that in. We're, we got some uh, sticks on the fire. We'll see if we can't illuminate that for you guys a little bit. But um, we're going to roll on to some news. Uh, maybe you want to kick it off or? Uh, breaking news. This just in. You can see the Northern Lights from Utah. Uh, they were active and visible in February 12th. You're such an 2012. asshole. <laughs> 2012. Really? So eat a dick, you fuckers. We're in Utah. Park City. In 2012? Oh, no yeah. So I just got to wait another... According to Google. <laughs> According to L. Google. So okay. it's not very common, but it is possible. Yeah. Okay. And, and I'm right. sure it's hmm. not like, oh my God, that's amazing. I'm sure like Flock of Seagulls isn't going to write a fucking song about it. Yeah. But did you just do a Flock of Seagulls reference? That's, goddamn right, I fucking did. I got to remember to do a Devo reference later on just to counterbalance that out. Are we men? No. No, we are Devo. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll kick this off after the breaking news, but duly noted, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't think it was even possible, so all right, all right. You put yeah, you in your only, place, didn't The it? only reason I remembered that story that I read a while ago about them supposed to be being visible here this year was because I was like, what? 
Like I didn't think I, it was I possible. Dude, I have no clue. That's uh, okay. All right. Yeah. There you go. Well, I'm going to read this story and pretend that I'm super smart. Um, it's by quantumphysicsfuturism.com. Oh, dear God. So scientists capture first ever image of quantum entanglement. Hmm. Yeah, whatever the hell that means. Right. So let me uh, read this to dive, you. Dive into the wormhole. Yeah. Oh, I can tell you all about quantum entanglement. <clears throat> I'm sure you can. Sorry, let me adjust my glasses. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so, such a nerd. Scientists just managed to snap an image of two photons linked by quantum entanglement, marking the first time that the bizarre phenomenon has been captured with a camera. The image shows two photos that have been linked through quantum entanglement, which means that they instantly respond to changes that occur in each other. Even if they are separated by a vast physical distance, according to research published Friday in the journal Science Advances. It's amazing stuff. Uh, what? <laughs> This first ever photographic evidence of entanglement could help scientists better understand new technology reports, new Atlas like quantum computers or cryptography. So um, taking the image was no easy task. According to the research, the university of Glasgow physicists rigged a camera to capture 40,000 frames per second of experimental setup that they maintained at negative 30 degrees Celsius in pitch black. They then had to comb through thousands of frames to find signs of entanglement. The image we've managed to capture is an entanglement demonstration of a fundamental property of nature seen for the very first time in the form of an image, Glasgow physicist Paul Antoine Moreau told New Atlas. It's an exciting result which could be used to advance the emerging field of quantum computing and lead to new types of imaging. So, yeah, that's crazy. That's fucking amazing. This whole quantum physics realm is just, it it just blows my mind. Yeah. I wonder, and I'm sure... Deep Prasad knows all about this. Yeah, I just listened to him on Somewhere in the Skies. This kid from Toronto owns a quantum computing oh, shit. Uh, what? business. And it's I, I, I've i listened to the podcast twice because the first time it kind of went over my head and then the second time it went over my head. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, I it's, it's just... It, it, it's amazing what they yeah. discover. It, it's, and then they're talking about... Something, well, I got news the other day that they don't, because they usually have to draw it down into like zero negativity temp for some reason. But now they're saying, hey, wait, we think we found a way to ro- run a quantum computer, quantum equation within room temp where they don't have to have that environment. And now they're playing mm-hmm. with that. So it's like we just, we keep stepping a little bit more, a little yeah. bit more, a little bit more. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of amazing to be honest with you. And yeah. apparently we're still in very baby you yeah. know, early, right. early things of quantum computing, but we're not even a zygote yet. Yeah. But from listening <laughs> to deep Prasad talk about quantum computing, I mean, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. So, ah, that's cool. Dude. Listen to him. If you want Shit. any more information on quantum computing, cause I'm not the man to talk about that. Well, I, so mine's not that interesting. I mean, quantum computing, but uh, well, you know, we'll, we'll cover this. So a teacher who took a picture of the full moon with plans to make a joke about it was stunned to see what looked like figures being welcomed to heaven in her photograph. So uh, this gal, she's 40 years old. Her name's Melissa Bowman from Warriam, Massachusetts. And I'm probably replacing Warriam wrong or saying that wrong. Warm. I'm not too sure. Warm, where, where am? Where am? Um, she was anticipating a lunar event and said, well, kids are crazy anyway. She was going to post some catty remark on Facebook about it being a full moon. However, what she got was an image of two figures walking towards the moon while a third welcomed them with a handshake. On closer inspection of the figures, uh, she noticed they looked exactly like her deceased grandmother and grandfather who had died a year prior. Um, spinning image, she says. Um, she says, it totally freaked me out. It's crazy. It looked like a glimpse of heaven. It was just too cool. It looks as if someone is reaching out to another person from heaven. Um, and I was staring at the picture for about five minutes and called my husband, Chad. He saw it originally, but then she looked at it. It reminded me of my grandparents, Ray and Rosella, um, as if they're reaching out to heaven. So, you know, kind of a fun, squeezy, squeezy story, but interesting. Spooky. You know, people are, uh, you know, people are seeing this stuff and Jesus and toast and these other things. Uh, who's to say maybe there's something isn't about that. So well, I'm, tr- I'm trying to Google this just to see the image. Uh, oh yeah, I don't have that on. It, this so one. with the article, it doesn't show the image that she took. Um, well, damn, what kind, kind of, of like this cut here? Rate news services. This I know, right? 
It's a small image, but yeah, it looks like two people standing there getting welcomed in heaven. Sure. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, there's that. Is that the actual picture or is that? That's the actual picture she took. Yeah. And again, of a full moon. But yeah, but then they're just like off to the left hand side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Giant ass people. Yeah. I mean, because if that's the moon, <laughs> they're like taller than the moon. <laughs> right. Wait, what? A, a little about an equation. Yeah, check, let me, let me check that out. And we'll, we'll link to this in the show notes. So, spooky versus, <laughs> you know, something else. This. <laughs> Come on, you got to have faith, man. Got to have faith. So, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, all right. Whatever. Yeah, well, you know, Whatever. again, feel good story. So, uh, what do you got, Josh? Feel good stories. Did you guys see uh, fucking Bobby De Niro going off on CNN over the weekend? I <laughs> oh, yeah. heard about that actually, but they I did were, not watch that. They were asking him about uh, all the heat he was getting from saying fuck Trump when he accepted a, an award a while back, and he was just like, fuck him. They were like, what about Fox News? He was like, fuck them. I don't give a shit. And it's like, well, this is a cable news show, but it is a Sunday However, morning. Yeah, it he is was a like, Sunday morning. This is cable, so technically we don't answer to the FCC, but it is Sunday morning. And uh, Star Wars, the evolution of the Death Star reflects Hollywood's growing fear of a climate apocalypse. Uh-oh. That's when I should play the dun-dun-dun. Yeah, yeah, you real fucked up there. Yeah, um, this—it's uh, a fun story. We will link to this story. It's—it's it's interesting. It's more like kind of meta about, uh, like, I don't know, art and mm. stuff. But uh, they're just—he's just the writers just kind of going through how the different uh, Death Stars in the Star Wars movies have uh, kind of evolved from like the first one uh, being akin to like a nuclear explosion and super technical and like all the scenes where they're pushing buttons and stuff and then just shoots a laser and obliterates a planet and then how all, all fun stuff and then how star killer base in the force awakens is like that on steroids but also they have a chance to uh they have a chance or like Ray and Car- Kylo Ren have a chance to have a nice lightsaber duel while the planet that the weapon is is collapsing um, and then, uh, how in the force awakens, it's like less about, uh, the death star and as a technological Marvel, but more as like a looming threat. And when it, uh, blasts the city of Jetta and later at the end of the movie, when they hit the Imperial archives, like, uh, how it's more of like a natural disaster, like the way it looks. So I don't know. It was pretty interesting. They go into some other stuff. Um, talking about independence day like how in the original movie the aliens use a laser to blow up the white house but then in independence day resurgence that just came out a couple years ago it turns out they're like um race that like uses the lasers to mine cores of planets and stuff lasers um and they just they actually get kind of in depth into that and they do touch on one thing that i i actually really do like and that's uh using sci-fi as like a like a foil to tell stories to people to get them to care about shit um, which is kind of cool that's a cool little gimmick that makes that kind of makes sense too because yeah. i mean look how big comic-con is and how much people care yeah. about right. comic-con right um <laughs> i took like a english class in um in college that was uh basically the whole thesis of the class was how sci-fi is used to another other people and to like basically kind of like soften the hard edges of racism to like let people kind of change because instead of trying to confront someone with with oh hey this person who's also a human being that looks a little bit different than you is just like you it's like oh hey this alien yeah yeah they they spin it off because it doesn't make it it doesn't affect it directly but then they make you care about that character that you think is nothing like you and will usually, especially in early sci-fi, like in the late sixties, early seventies and stuff, they'll, they'll kind of like make you care about something that's other than human. And then you're like, Oh shit. All of a sudden that's not bad. You know? Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's, I've always said that about like Star Trek. That's why I love Star Trek so much because really the premise behind it is, can we just all be better? First interracial kiss on network That's television. Correct. Yeah. After Kirk kissed like eight hundred green and blue girls. Yeah. They had well, to set the stage. we forgot about the green and blue girls. We just made that one more important. It's so, true. It's yeah, true. There's that. Uh, so. Like I think that's like a prime example of that actually working oh, sure. in practice. Sure. Yeah. 
That's cool. I once yeah. got super drunk at a dinner with a with a vendor and kissed like, a green girl. Went on this tirade about that whole theory and <laughs> i kept turning to my co-workers you don't and, go on tirades that doesn't like, sound nothing like please you. make me stop please make me stop and they were just like no keep going and like the the vendor i was talking to was like no keep going and i was like no <laughs> you don't understand yeah i was like i could talk about this very very vehemently for hours that's and, funny yeah oh god no that's cool um do you got anything else on your side um i just kind of wanted to touch on uh the new uh, developments with uh, To the Stars and Tom DeLonge and his uh, all his guys. They claims that they have new meta material from a extraterrestrial spacecraft, exotic I material from what could be an alien spacecraft. Yeah. So right. exactly. uh, if if anybody's not aware of To the Stars by now, they're the ones that um, put out the three videos that the Navy is now claiming are authentic videos, and um, they do show unidentified flying objects or right. unidentified right. And, and the Navy phenomenon. said, Hey, no, we, they, it is a fact. These are real TikToks, one of our TikToks, one of them. So, you know, for yeah. Those, yeah. like, uh, I was listening to mysterious universe and their take on that was that Lou Elizondo maybe like did some underhanded stuff to get those videos out. Yeah. I kind of disagree. I think this is just the Navy being like, there was technically one step that didn't get completed. So now we're going to say, you shouldn't have those. And, and that could yeah. be. Like, yeah. uh, you know, God, we don't we don't know. I mean, but. if if I I think he I think Lou Elizondo went through all the right channels to get those videos released. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think we've talked about this before on previous episodes that if he didn't, he would be in a lot of trouble for oh, releasing yeah. classified yeah. Oh, yeah. videos. Yeah. Like, that's military that, security no, right no, there. No, the, that's the whole thing. They weren't classified. Yeah. There was just a review process that's basically like, hey, can I show these to people yeah. that the Navy is now saying didn't take place or wasn't completed. So let me just say this. I never in my day and age would I think that we would be sitting here with a topic like you're talking about, John, and these stories that I would be watching local morning news and all of a sudden the topic of UFOs, the Navy says, mm. never in my day. Yeah, did I think that would be covered like that? You know what I mean? It's pretty amazing. It's just, yeah, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, so uh, to the Star's Twitter account, potentially exotic materials featuring, pro featuring properties not from any known existing military or commercial application. So, you know, uh, Lou Elizondo says, what we have been doing is trying to find the most qualified individuals at the most respectable institutions to conduct scientific analysis. Uh, and... We'll see what comes of this. I mean, hopefully they do go, tr you know, try and test this through reputable scientists and everything. Yeah, and hopefully, right, and right. I think uh, peer review is a huge thing. Oh sure. So you know, we they can get they can pay somebody to say whatever, and but you know, yeah, there needs to be some peer review with that. And uh, we'll, we'll, I mean, we're kind of just waiting to see what happens now from that. Uh, yeah, I keep going back and forth on how much I believe these guys, but at the same time, like they have Hal Pudoff backing them, so it's like I don't. There, think there's something to be said there. I, I, I've done the same thing exactly. Like you know what, and then on top of that, I I don't know if this is not this article exactly, but DeLong has a like he laid a timeline out. You mm -hmm. know, this is when we're going to release it. This is when. So there's kind of a setup and expectation going on here. I I don't know. I mean, I don't know. People. I think there's a lot of naysayers to, you know, to the stars and everything, but oh sure, they did get three videos released that is making the whole country, if not world, right. and getting the American government to admit that those are videos of unidentified objects. Which that right there is fucking huge. That is incredible. I mean, so, my God, you you didn't back the government in the corner. They came out and said, "Oh well, yeah, maybe it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. You I know, mean, I mean, it's insane." They're not. They're not saying it's aliens. They're not even. Exactly. They're not even doing the meme of Giorgio Tsitsakis saying, "I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens." But they are admitting that they don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> right. Well, and that's right. huge. Yeah, I mean, that that's just really that huge. right there is huge. So uh, I'm excited to see what this meta material is or yeah, isn't. Yeah, we'll see. Well, yeah, is we'll see where isn't. it unfolds. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I. I I don't know. That that seems to be the local the local hot thing. Yeah, going so, on nowadays, and and hopefully. Hopefully they do it in a very scientific way to where it can take all the skeptics and shut them up. Right. 
you know, and or 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 they or when they do study this material, they realize it's from Earth, and they go, "Well, shit." Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. What, yeah. what, what are you oh, going to do? Turns out it was the Russians or the Chinese. <laughs> Moving or, on. Yeah. You know, so I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool and I'm excited to see what uh, comes from that. No, I think that's awesome. I Same think that's these. cool. What are you, are you good on your side? All right. Good. So Josh is flashing a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> flashing. Don't say flashing. <laughs> All right. Well, with that being said, uh, news is kind of out of the way. The reason we decided to do this topic, number one, um, you know, I was a Navy guy, you know, seaman <laughs> and all, and just oh, saw weird, st- <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Just that weird stuff at sea in general. But uh, I had the privilege of actually going to the Queen Mary. Um, we're going to dive a little bit into haunted seas, but a lot of it's going to be Queen Mary. And it's, uh, yeah, we've got some footage too. Very interesting. We'll kind of cover the history and some other things and maybe throw some tidbits in there. So uh, stand by. So, quick question. Anybody been to Long Beach? Yes. Of course. Have you seen the Queen Mary? No. <laughs> okay. Well, it's probably the biggest thing in Long Beach, to be honest with you. It just, like, sits there anchored to the pier. <clears throat> what I didn't know is actually that ship has been there since uh, 1966 as an actual tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, they started doing hotels and everything in, I think, 71 where you could get the rooms and everything laid out. Yeah. Um, obviously, we don't have to explain to anybody, you live in Iraq if you don't know that there is some haunted history. The ship has been through some shit, needless to say. You know, amongst other ships, you know, we know we talk about the Mary Celeste and, um, God, what was that the one you were talking about earlier? Uh, the SS Unard Madan. Right. Uh, the Love Madan? Bond. Yeah. I mean, there's been a bunch. There's I mean, so sea, haunted sea stories are just crazy. And, and yeah. I've seen shit at sea that I can't explain, to be honest with you. Um, and there's tons of reports of other people saying things. But mm-hmm. the Queen Mary in general, just not only because it, it really rivaled the Titanic, because it did for its build. Yeah. When you go through, there's a little, kind of like a museum on the ship that you can see where they have all the little models built out. And they have the Titanic model and they have the other kind of the, you know, when they built it from the shipyard. Were they the like same size and class and everything? Um, same class, different sizes. Okay. So they changed. Like Titanic was a little larger. Queen Mary only has three stacks versus four, yada, yada, yada type thing. But um, it is very interesting. And again, got some pretty cool footage and we're going to play that. But um, we wanted to cover some history of it uh, real quick before we get into the Hana portion of it because it, uh, again, just a ship itself and what it's accomplished is amazing. It was actually staged. It was built and put into commission in 1936. It took a few years to actually get it put together. But here's some quick little stats on what uh, what's going on here. Uh, it can actually be divided into three different periods. And keep in mind, too, also, listeners, taking this from a few books, one that is by Robert and Anne Wodlarski. They did a really good job talking about the hauntings of the Queen Mary. Um and again, you know, for it still just being moored and floating on the water from 1936, pretty goddamn amazing in my eyes. So um, commissioned in 1936, it had maiden voyage in May 27, 1936. Um, it has over 10 million rivets. I don't know if that's a noted fact, but there you go. Mm. That's a lot of rivets. That is a lot of rivets. <laughs> anyway, uh, cruising speed, 28.5 knots, and the horsepower is 160,000. So that was its in its day. Now, the cool thing about the Queen Mary was it was actually designed and built as a luxury ship. Like it was one of the things that rolled off the line. It was top of the notch in the day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the richest of the rich. mm -hmm. Movie stars were traveling that way and Clark Gable and. Yeah, all, oh, yeah, the history behind all of it. You know, so I mean, it's kind of amazing just what it's been through. Um, so when we talk about what it's gone, so it started out, obviously in 1936, started out as a civilian ship uh, on a six-round trip voyage. It actually got into wartime. It was in war for a while uh, that would carry, basically they retrofitted it and it carried soldiers back and forth. 
during World War II and what was happening. And it stayed in service for that for a long time. One thing that kind of references a little bit about some of the history, and I think that's mainly what we're concerned with is the history of um, of what happened with that ship. Because, you know, if nothing else, it's just got, it, it's it's absolutely amazing what it went through and why it still survived. Um, it did go through the Prime Minister Winston, Church, uh, Winston Churchill, made numerous trips aboard the Queen Mary. Um, he had stated, quote, he once said, built for the arts of peace and to link the old world with the new. Uh, the Queen Mary challenged the fury of Hitlerism to defend the liberties of the civilization. That was from Winston Churchill. Um, it had a problem in 1942. It was sailing off the coast of Ireland. Uh, the Queen Mary accidentally struck her escort cruiser, the HMS Corico, literally slicing it in half. 338 sailors died at sea as a result of the tragic collision. So that's the first mention of just weird shit mm-hmm. that maybe the ship started kind of building on. Um, they saved some of those uh, sailors, but not not barely any for who was on the on the boat at all. Um, and then it rolled into other things in 1946, uh, war bride voyages. It continued with the war in 1949, and finally, after everything was done and said, um, after it served in war in 1967, it decided to head to Long Beach, California. Now, through all this time. And again, this is present from where it was when it was first commissioned to current time. Everybody that had died on board, and we're not counting the the accident that I mentioned with the HMS Curico because that they did save some sailors. There's some psychics and mediums that say maybe that energy attacks yourself onto the ship, or maybe that was the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. They can't really can't prove anything with that. But uh, all in all, over its whole years of duty up to the present, 58 people have died. On that ship. On the ship. On the ship. You know, not counting the, the accident. Some of them were unfortunate. Um, older people that stayed in a hotel, they died. Um, there was a, a woman who gave birth when it was a hotel, and um, she died in birth. So there's been one-offs or some illnesses, things like that. But the majority of them, between the wartime, um, over half of the people that died on that ship one way or another. And there are different ghosts to, to be part of that. So... Cool little side point for some of the history is the it was originally ran by Hilton, Hilton kind of and the Hyatt Corporation, and then Disney came in and Disney wanted to buy it for 152 million and make it a tourist trap, a little bit more than a hotel, but he wanted to make it kind of a theme, like a floating theme park type mm-hmm. thing, um, and that uh, lasted 1992 and they retrofitted it at one time. You guys remember the Spruce Goose? I don't know uh, if that yeah. rings a bell. Okay, so that was a uh, nut guy that decided to build the Howard the Hughes. Howard Hughes. He decided to build the the plane out of wood, basically. Um, it was housed next to Queen Mary as well in a dome, and so you know it was kind of a nice little sightseeing thing. I think that's probably why Disney wanted to have part of it because everything was right there, and he could see the money he could make off of it. Um, but aside from that, that's kind of some brief history of the ship itself, the hauntings behind the ship. Okay, so and and I don't know, and you guys can chip in wherever you're where you come in at. Number one, personally, just staying on it blew my mind. Like it, right when you walk in the boat, even if you take the hauntings aside, our stateroom and everything that we stayed and where we stayed, it, it, it like it's like you're stepping back in time. Like it's the original woodwork, it's the original two twin beds separated. You know, you can even go in the shower and they've got like four faucets and they got the hot and cold. And then we got two faucets that is hot seawater, hot sea cold water that can come in. And you can, you know, because that's how it was designed at the time. Um, just surreal. They didn't change a lot of that other than maybe the carpeting. That's really all they did. Yeah. The pictures look like you definitely are stepping back in time. It's beautiful though. Oh, just absolutely. Yeah. It, it's really cool. Um, so they do do tours there. Um, there is a bar that's on board as well. Thank you. Uh, what did you yeah, say? No, right. <laughs> that's what got me. But we left a Seahawks game, and then we decided to go. We checked in earlier, went to see Seahawks, came back. Um, unfortunately, they had two wedding parties that were going on at the same time. I would think probably scared away a lot of the ghosts, to be honest with you. But, you know, it is what it is. Do ghosts get scared? You know, that's a question. Ask a ghost. I don't know if oh. that's the case. Maybe they don't get scared. You know? Maybe like- they're in perpetual scaredness. I was going to say, it seems like they're usually the ones doing the scaring. Wouldn't that be funny if a ghost snuck up on a ghost and scared the shit out of them? How do you explain that? They're just so sad that everybody's so scared of them. That sounds like But yet they're happy. I just want to be friends. 
I'm just scaring everyone. I think this is the premise of Casper the Friendly Ghost. Actually. I think it is. You're going down that road. Yeah. yeah. Christina Ricci. Yeah. And, and Damn all. it. I thought I was having an original <laughs> idea here. <laughs> but it's a cool bar, too, by the way. It's a retro. It's like a 1930s, 40s type thing, deco. You know, they got all the lamps and the crystal glass. It's really, I got to say, it's really cool. But anyway, so what we did, so the wife and I, again, some history, um, brief history, but just for what the boat is. So, you know, of course, me being me, I brought all my recording equipment, brought my video camera and all that other stuff. Um, got the wife uh, drunk enough to help me with the video recording, which was cool because usually she doesn't want to be part of that shit at all. <laughs> and so we're wandering around the boat. Um, the bad thing was... They usually have tours that happen at, uh, I think they open like at 10 in the morning and they close at 6 p.m., something like that. So all day you can tour the engine room, you can tour the decks, you can tour the officer's quarters. They have like the glass panes that, you know, they're, you can look in the officer's quarters, but you can't get in there. But it's still kind of cool. So you can kind of tour the other decks. Mm-hmm. And we did a little bit of that before we went to the game. Then we came back. Of course, everything was shut down and kind of blocked off a little bit. Um, so we wandered around and we checked some of that. There were certain areas that I will safely say very unnerving down on the kind of the belly of the ship. Once you go past like three decks down from the main deck where you come on, it was just, and even the wife, you know, she's recording. She's like, she goes, I just saw somebody, somebody, it feels like somebody's like right here. Like she, she's recording, but she, she kept looking back. Like somebody's coming down the stairwell, but there was really nobody there. Um, they didn't see anything, but just kind of unnerving nonetheless. Maybe it was just because it was us. You hear like the disco music in the background from the wedding parties, distant, distant. Um, there have been, out of the 58 deaths that happen, there's been some famous ghosts that people see. Um, one is a little girl. There used to be a pool there that they turned into uh, something else. I, I can't remember what they turned into, but you could literally hear her laughing and giggling and they would see her in a white dress running on the side of the pool. Uh, it was reported a little girl did drown in the pool at one time. Um, they have reports of there's an officer in one of the officer's quarters who had committed suicide. He hung himself. Um, and that's up on the decks where you can see the officer's bridge and the quarters. And, and of course, you know, everybody writes in, there's a suite that they never used to be able to release it or have you stay there. You still can't stay overnight, but you can tour it during the day. Mm-hmm. But they literally have people that will not, they can't make it through the night. They just, it was kind of a hazard. Really? So yeah, so they kind of shut it down. Said, okay, well, we're not going to allow this to happen. Um, and they kind of changed the thing with that. Um, there was one, and we'll get into it, some of the footage that we'll play, some of the video clips they play. Um, there are several ghosts in the engine room. And one by the name of John Petter. And we'll kind of cover John Petter here in a little bit just before the recording, but he's known, he actually died in the engine room, unfortunate. And I'll, I'll unweave that a little bit. Um, but there was like in the book is freaky because there's this little girl that drew this picture and it looks like this scary black looking teddy bear looking out from the side of a boiler. And it's him. Like she goes, Oh yeah, I saw this guy. And when they got done doing the tour, she's sketching this out, drawing home. And and so the dad looks at it. He's like, well, what is that? Oh, well, that's a man that was hiding behind. Who's playing hide and seek with us? <laughs> and she's drawing this to the back of the car. So it just freaked the fuck wow. out of the parents completely. Oh, yeah. So there's something to be said about what might be there, you know, whether it's, you know, the history, energy, whatever have you. I've, um, heard, I've heard a lot of stories of the pool room. Yeah, there were two pools on board at one time. Yeah. And, and I can't remember, correct me, because I don't know which pool she actually died in. I'm but. not I'm not sure, but yeah, I've, I've heard of a, a, a ghost that looked just as real as you and I. Um, the guy saw it in the 70s, late 70s, but it looked like a lady completely out of 1960. Um, he kind of said hello. He he was giving tours. He was like a giving tours of the ship, and she had walked up the stairs past him, and then he, he just was like, oh, it was just really weird. Why? Looks like completely the wrong decade. Like disco was in full swing and everything, and all of a sudden, he kind of like looked over, and it, he's like, "Yeah, I just lost sight of her for one second, and then she was gone." Weird. But she still had like fifty yards to go before like you could get out of the line of sight or whatever. And he's like, "Yeah, I didn't hear her run. I didn't hear anything." That's yeah. You know, See, and, and, just, and there's hundreds of reports like that. Yeah. You know, I I managed to talk to one of the tour guides there that does the um, 
Um, one of the, they do the, the topside tours and, and they got tours going on all day, but I managed to pull him aside and yeah, he said, yeah, he says he's seen things. And I go, are you just saying this because you're trying to promote the whole thing? Sure. He goes, no, because they have in Halloween, they got, I can't remember what it's called now, haunted ocean something. So this is big event. They change everything around. It's like a big haunted house basically. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, way to get money, right? And um, he goes, no, honestly, I, I've seen it. I believe it. He says, I, I refuse to work that shift anymore because I've worked my way up to do the daytime tours for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> like he was really he was really perturbed about the whole thing. So I was like, oh, okay, all right. Do you want to get on recording? You want to do an interview? He goes, nope. <laughs> he just walked away. Fucking did something else. I'm like, all right, yeah, whatever. So yeah, it, something be said about um, just that ship in general. Uh, but- Talking about John Petter. So what we ended up doing, uh, again, we didn't really see anything that night. Went back to the suite, kind of unwinding, you know, and I was waiting up. Like, it was 2.33 o'clock in the morning. Fucking, there's still the wedding party still fucking going on. Like, all right, you guys beat me. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to stay up past what we got to do. you be happy? Right, exactly. (laughs) God damn you and your fucking joy. So we go back to the suite, we kind of wind down, and again, there's two twin beds, right? And they're they're separated there, like on each side of the thing. There's a like an armoire desk thing that separates the two. And so I crawl into mine, my wife crawls into hers, and fucking 4.30 in the morning, I wake up, I'm looking up, and here's Josephina, she's standing at me, and she's crying. I'm like, what are you doing? She says, I heard some somebody scream, there's screaming going on. And I'm like, okay. And she goes, I, can I sleep with you? And I'm like, okay, well, this is a twin. This is a twin bed. <laughs> you want to skadoosh yourself in here, I guess. So she ended up coming and we, you know, slept in one bed because she was scared to death and she heard something. Really? I, you didn't tell me that. I don't, maybe it was something intent because again, you know, the water from the pier, maybe it carried noise. Maybe something happened in the city. Line. I, mm-hmm. I don't know. She was... She was kind of perturbed. I think she was like half awake, half sleep when she did it, but she swore up and down. She heard something. Yeah. Scared the hell out of her. She's crying. I'm like, ah, okay. All right. So, you know, we do that. Um, woke up the next morning and we actually had, so tour start at 10. Got up early, got down to the engine room because I was really curious about this John Petter story. And we were the first ones that we sat there, waited for 10 minutes. Now, of course, you know, this little dorky 14-year-old was waiting for, you know, he couldn't turn the sign over three minutes prior, mind you. But anyway, turn the sign. We go in there with the first ones in. And so what you're about to hear is a footage from that. Um, looked through the pictures of the engine room, took a bunch of those. There's some shadows here and there. But then again, it's an engine room. I mean, I'm not even going to. Yeah, but I will tell you. Yeah, I'm guessing um, not brightly lit either. No, yeah, it wasn't bad, bad, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like you're in a dungeon, but it was one of those things. So quick little story before the clip. Um, I hadn't bought the book here. I bought the book, but I didn't read it and I didn't know specific stories. So how the engine room's designed, there's like three levels and they're called catwalks. You know, you go from one grid to another, you go all the way down to the belly of the boat, pretty much where the boilers and everything are, that, what they call shaft alley. Shaft alley is where the propeller feeds out of the ship. And so when you're on a ship, you have right side and you have left side. Right side starboard, left side's port. That's how they, you know, north and south type mm-hmm. thing for for squids. So I'm walking down. I go all the way into the catwalk. Wife didn't want to come with me. She stayed up at the upper level. I'm coming down Shaft Alley on the starboard side, and I just started getting that like that feeling like there's you know, it just I kept looking back with the video camera, you know, did that. Went through, saw a watertight door, and for some reason, just in that area, it was just odd. And I took a left, hit the port side, came back around, started feeling a little bit better, started getting into the bulk of the engine room. And um, anyway, you know, did all that footage. When we got done with everything, I'm reading the book. We're driving back to Las Vegas, and I'm, I'm reading about this John Petter that had died in the engine room. And John Petter got almost cut in half in a watertight door in Shaft Alley on the starboard side. Hmm. So don't know, you know, anything there, but you know, it probably was just, maybe it's the creepiest portion of the engine room. Maybe that was what was weird, but just I, the whole I, vibe of the thing. And yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, it is what it is, but anyway, um, we're going to play a quick footage. Why were the watertight doors shutting? Was it just like routine stuff? Or was um, there, there was some problem? kind of, evidently according to the story, something actually happened. They thought they were taking on water and okay. he didn't make it through the door. Gotcha. 
And so, you know, they were shutting everything down, what they called zebra. And um, he got caught. He got caught in between. And like I said, almost cut him in half. You're talking that doors are, you know, 800 pounds. And they're made out of nothing but metal and a gasket. And when they start shutting, they there's no stopping them once you start pushing on them. So, um, it's like the blast doors and Judge Dredd. Anyway. Exactly that's, like that's, that. <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly like that. But anyway, so here's a quick clip. Um, this is just us doing some video recording, and um, yeah, stand by. Okay, last leg on the stop. The wifey's falling behind me. Um, we've been waiting to open up for the engine room tour. And this is one where one of the most infamous ghosts reside. His name's John Petter. John, I don't know if you can hear me. He got um, uh, he got killed by a watertight door closing. Uh, 18 years old, and so you know we're the first ones in this uh, tour area since six last night when they shut it down. Uh, there's a couple behind us, but hopefully we can get far enough ahead of the game. But um, there have been sightings of some orbs and other things spotted. Very ominous. Hey John, you out there buddy? You're actually on the very lower decks. Thing below us, and that's what they call the bilge. And that's the bilge. What was that? Very ominous. side now. So, yeah, so that's that footage. Um, again, we were really not very detailed, but I I don't know. I mean, with all the stories and all the history and everything else, and again, this is one ship out of how many different between the Mary Celeste and the, yeah, this is just one, but man. I mean, yeah, ghost, ghost ships are everywhere. I mean, there's things out there that like six months later they're found and like think about the vastness of the ocean as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily. I, Queen Mary is a ghost ship, but it happens to be. Well, it's unique because you can go on it. Yeah, it's, it's not like you know. It's not floating out in the middle of nowhere. Right. Yeah, I mean, we know more about the surface of the moon than we know about the ocean. So, like, to not expect to see weird, crazy shit out there is. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of weird stuff that's happened. I mean, the Mary Celeste is one of them. With yeah, so the Mary Celeste. I mean this this thing was found. Floating adrift near the Azores Islands near Portugal, um, December 5th, 1972, and the Canadian brigantine De Gratia found her in a disheveled but seaworthy condition under partial sail and with her lifeboat missing. And the captain, Benjamin Spooner Briggs, brought his... I don't know why you'd bring your wife and baby. I don't, I don't get that shit either. Oh, <laughs> Did you say 1972? It was 1872, right? 1872. Yeah. I don't think I heard you right. I probably said 1972, but I meant 1872. Well, whatever. <laughs> tis what it is. But yeah. Every, That's 1872 talk right there. 
you know, essentially, I mean, that's then it's just one th- weird thing. But uh, yeah, this Canadian ship found them. They boarded. It seemed like pretty much everything was intact. Yeah, I remember that story. Like literally, like cereal bowls were sitting on the table. Get like food. It was uh, like they just yeah. disappeared. Yeah. And, everything and they looked just, like they, they just had disappeared. Left not too long ago. Like I, I've heard like some dispute over this, but like saying that it smelled like freshly smoked tobacco and like yep, uh, the, I heard the, the stove was still hot and stuff like that. Um, but yet, yeah, not a soul on board. Not one. Nope. And it was in seaworthy condition. And yeah, they were, they were just gone. So there was, they took it to Gibraltar and they had a court hearing about them getting it. Uh, uh, Shit. What was it called? Uh, Salvage hearing. Mm -hmm. So they did these salvage hearings. Right, right. They ended up not getting very much for the ship because it was just shrouded in mystery and like so much controversy. Um, and there was just conspiracy after cons- like insurance fraud, or it was piracy by the De Gratia. That's crazy. Yeah. And we're looking at way over a hundred years ago and that shit's still, you know, still a, a problem. Conspiracy. That, for, you that's know, what I thought. I was like, like wow. dang, and they were doing insurance fraud before the 1900s. Right. <laughs> oh like, man. Yeah. They were, uh, that, this shit's crazy. The devil in the white city, that, uh, Mudget dude in, uh, Oh, Larson. Didn't Larson write that book? Is that right? I I don't remember the. I'm not thinking of the author. I'm thinking of the dude's name. Um, but the fuck his name was like H.M. or H.W. something. But his, his H.W. Wells. No, it was like Wallace or something was Close. the name that he got caught under. Mm. But his original last name was Mudget, and he was like the dude that built like the murder mansion. Oh yeah, that is okay in Chicago. That's a true for the story. World's Fair. In like the late 1800s. Oh, you're talking about H.H. H. Holmes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that's. Know. I didn't know that's where you're going. With Sorry, that. the rage headache from the commute home is finally starting to wear off, but my brain isn't quite there yet. That fucking yeah. guy had shoots but, and everything for like bodies down the fucking basement. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was diabolical. Crazy. That dude got his start in insurance fraud. Like, oh, that's oh, crazy. Yeah. That's, that's true. crazy. Yeah. Um. Huh. That. So the last log that they found on the Mary Celeste. Was at eight a.m. on November twenty fifth, nine days before the ship was found. Yeah, they, they, well, there were ships in Antarctica. I think like the HMS Terror that was, and, and they climbed on board that boat. Everybody was there, but literally they were frozen in fear. Every fucking crewmate on that boat, like whatever they saw, mm-hmm. whatever they did. I mean, it, it's just, and it's, yeah, it just blows my mind. I mean, yeah, that's well, the same with uh, the SS Uran Madan, um, right? Everyone, right. including the dog, literally. Yeah. Like the dog was found in a snarl. Yeah. Like it was dead, but it was like snarling. Right. And like everybody was. Didn't that blow up before scared. they could get it back, right? Yeah. Or they, something? Tra- they tried to tether that boat on and they had to cut ties because I think they realized it was about to explode. And there was a crazy, crazy. there was a crazy transcript that went out um, with that, with that, uh, you know, bunny ears ghost ship. It was all officers, including the captain, are dead. Lying in chat, uh, lying in chart room and bridge. Possibly whole crew dead. Dot dot dot. I die. That's right. I remember that. The I die portion. I remember that. Oh, that's creepy as shit. I mean, some people don't think that this is even a. Some people don't think that that even happened. No, like and it, you know, like it's just a a tall tell. Right. Some people do. There's recent ones yeah. too. There's like 2007, 2012. Right. They had one disappear. They had a guy that was in a yacht that was trying to do across the world. And oh yeah, that was like 2015. Up, yeah, very like very recent. I mean, and not only even boats, it was ships. There's a haunted submarine out there. There's, I've seen stuff in the Navy that I literally can't explain. I mean, like I what? So in the when you're out on what they call the fan tail, it's ass in the ship in open air, you can see a butt of a cigarette from three miles. In, in pitch black in the ocean. Like you can't see anything. Like you can't see your hand in front of you if it's touching your face. Like it's that black. Wow. So just because of no light pollution, you're out in the middle of nowhere. Um, I, I went out there. We're not supposed to, but anyway, we're out there fucking around. And um, I was with a buddy of mine. He was flipping coins in the water. And he flipped a coin in the water. And everything was luminescent. Like the entire water, like it was all green. You could see all these ripples. It was like glow in the dark green. It almost looked like, what the hell was that movie um, with the alien, with uh, the alien ship that was down the bottom of the ocean? Abyss. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's almost like abyss, like it, the everything. So I flipped a coin in the water, the same thing. 
And I thought, God, maybe it's like algae. Maybe we're yeah, close like to the, the shore or something. The boat's not stirring that up, but the like we're book literally dropping coins in the water is. Yeah, because we're not going anywhere. We were literally oh. just almost stopped dead in the water because we were ahead of our to pull in Australia. We're just out of Australia, but we're still twenty something miles out in the ocean. Like there's no. We're not in shallow water. We're not in the Great Barrier Reef. We're not anywhere near there. So it wouldn't happen until you'd flick a coin in the ocean, yep, and you then would not you'd flick see it, a coin and then you would you then, would see that now. Yeah. After we started doing that, and the ripples would cease, then literally we started both of us. Start, and maybe it was like just because it was us, and our mind started going away. But it just looked like it was this circle of sphere of just that was coming up surface side from the water. Like once a ripple stopped, you would still see this thing. It would. Ju- it was just a mass of just fluorescent color everywhere, everywhere. And I talked to chiefs about it. Chiefs have been in the, in the Navy for you know, 15, 20 years. Have you ever seen like this? You know, because I started studying algae and, you know, because there is plant life yeah, that does Yeah, there's that. a lot of bioluminescence in the ocean. But mm. again, it's we're not deep, deep in the ocean. Not that, there's nothing, I mean, you're looking at how many thousands of feet down before you even run into algae or plant life. Like it would just, it was just weird. You know, and there's been reports of of people seeing like blue lights in the sky and other things from it, the sea in general. You know, we covered the Queen Mary a little bit just because that was my little adventure that I I loved. I would love to go back, but it, it was amazing. I mean, I, I think it's well worth your guys' trip. Anybody who wants to go there, it's well worth the time. If you're within a 300-mile shot of that place, do it. But, man, the ocean in general with the ships and the things you see and the mysterious lights and yeah. I mean, I don't know. Crazy. There's been a lot of death on the seas too. There's been a lot of death on the (laughs) seas. Between every war and every explorer. And I mean, how many people, you know, in 16 ship graveyard, you know, just uh, toss them out. With that being said, it's just amazing. So anyway, um, quick little, so not a quick, but you know, that's a little story about the queen Mary, um, and just haunted seas. I mean, you know, again, we're in October, October's an amazing month, and we have some other things kind of rolling down the pike. But um, it, thoughts on you guys on just, you know, in general? I mean, have you ever been on a boat, I guess, is my question? Uh, I used to get my diapers changed on a, a destroyer. Oh, that well, there's that. And <laughs> when my dad was in port in San Diego. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. So I, I, I remember visiting my dad before he moved to Utah on the destroyer all the time. I remember being a little kid and. I couldn't believe how small his bunk area was that he was sleeping in. Right. On the boat. Yeah, no, we used to, they stacked them three high. Yeah. But uh, so. I've, uh, I didn't see any ghosts while I was on there. I just shit my pants on it and <laughs> made an adult change. Did, did, did your duty and then literally, and then yeah. that was it. I did my duty and then my dad did his duty. <laughs> Too uh, funny. I've only ever been on a houseboat in Amsterdam. More than like a canoe or something like that on a lake, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And every time I took a shower or flushed the toilet, I had to run out of the bathroom because I thought the boat was going to sink. <laughs> <laughs> and well, there's that. My uh, dad wants to take us on a cruise in June and like an Alaskan cruise, and I don't want to fucking go. Like, well, do you want my EMF meter just in case? You never know. I don't know how old the cruise ship is, but yeah. No, I don't know. I just like the idea of ships on the ocean freaks me the fuck out and I don't like it at all. It, it took me a way, it took me a long time to get used to in the Navy because it literally is like you're out in the middle of nowhere and I can't swim. Even though I was in the Navy, I never took my swim test. That's mind blowing. So yeah. yeah. So I picked my job because if the, the home that I lived on decided to either flood, catch on fire, or get bombed, I'll be good goddamn if I'm going to leave that in anybody else's hands but mine because I'm fucked. If it goes down, because there's nothing I can do. I better find a door to float on like fucking Titanic, because otherwise there's no way. So, yeah, there's that. Well, this next summer, I'll take you to the swimming pool outside your complex. and Oh, there you go. You can hold on to the side <laughs> while you kick your feet. It's just insane. <laughs> Don't let me go. <laughs> Give you some arm floaties. Right. Anyway, so that's been um, the Haunted Seas episode. Um, hopefully you guys like it. If you have stories of your own, by all means, you can write us at strangeuncles at gmail.com. You can find our website at mystrangeuncles.com. 
Um, we actually will link to uh, some of the news episodes in there as well. And you can call us at 801-252-69. Yeah, hey. boy. 45. And let us know what's going on. Um, by all means, you know, Halloween, again, is awesome. We're kind of prepping a few of these episodes. We're going to just ghost haunted weird kind of on that frame. We're going to get with the season. Yeah, I think so. In November, we'll kind of get in maybe the conspiracy stuff. We'll see. You know, um, but we got tons of topics. Uh, I also just wanted to say uh, I caught up with some friends over the last couple of weeks um, that were giving us really good feedback on the show. Um, if you have a story that you're maybe ready to share with your buds but don't want to share with everybody, um, let us know. We can keep it anonymous. Uh, you can call the line. Just let us know if you call in or send an email. Just let us know that you don't want us to use your name, and we won't. We'll be happy to accommodate that. And, yeah, shout out to Annie and Carmen for listening to us on their long drive down from Portland and, or from Oregon and back. And, uh, yeah, awesome. Oh, yeah. Cool. I love you, Annie and Carmen. It's badass. I didn't know that. Yeah. that's uh, yeah. When you told me that, I thought that was kind of cool. I had a couple new people on my side too. So we'll see. Like I said, we're growing. Hopefully you'll like us. You know, we like doing it. So, you know, we'll go from there. Um, find us on all podcast platforms on Instagram and on Twitter at Strange Uncles. And um, yeah. Are we going to close the, those things? Close the gates. I think we're ready. I think we're ready to close the gates. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> close the gates. <laughs> <laughs>